So the big question is this, how do value-obsessed leaders ascend their business and life to world-class levels of effectiveness, even if they're inside a bureaucracy or starting from scratch with absolutely no capital? That is the question, and this podcast is going to bring you the answer. My name is Doug Utberg, and this is the Terminal Value Podcast. Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast. We have RJ Grimshaw with us today. He is the CEO of Unify Equipment Finance, and he is also a very renowned leadership coach. Uh, But we're actually not going to be talking about equipment finance today. What we're going to be talking about is making that transition from a corporate career to becoming an entrepreneur. Because as I'm fond of saying, if you are not an entrepreneur right now and you're in a career, you probably will be at some point in the future, just because the current path of corporate careers is that at some point your shelf life runs out. And you know if you've amassed a certain amount of financial resources, uh, some people elect to retire, but a lot of people decide that they're not done yet, that there's more value they can contribute. And they end up needing to become entrepreneurs many times through a very bumpy road. Uh, RJ, don't let me talk too much. Introduce yourself. Hi, uh, great to be here, Doug, and I really do look forward to our conversation, and, and I'm in complete agreement that um, everyone will become an uh, entrepreneur, and I love talking about being able to do that while you're still in corporate America by being that entrepreneur, so yeah. look forward to our conversation. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, and because I think that's, you know, that entrepreneur idea is really important, and, uh, you know, for the for people who haven't heard that uh, that phrase before. The idea of being an entrepreneur is essentially, you know, instead of saying, "Hey, I have a job. I do X, Y, and Z." You know, I, you know, I show up at eight thirty. I leave at four thirty. You know, I take, you know, I, you know, basically, you know, I do exactly what I, what I, what's expected of me. No more, no less, and then I leave. Uh, the idea of an entrepreneur is to say, "Okay, I view myself as a consultant with one major client, and my job is to create as much value as I possibly can." in the amount of time that I have available to work. Boy, I like that. I mean, that, that, that's, I'm going to actually start using that because that's a great definition where you're looking at you, at your, your employer as your, as your client. And yeah. I, I love that mindset um, to be able to, it's just a different mindset and it's not that hard. A lot of people get caught up and is it hard to do or the things of that nature, but yeah. especially on your message that I completely agree with that everyone will be an entrepreneur. This starts you if you're in corporate America today, yeah. and it doesn't matter if you've been in corporate America, five years, 10 years, 20 years, start early thinking like this. So when you have to make that transition to an entrepreneur, guess what? You're ready and prepared for it. And your training, your on-the-job training was at your corporate company that's paying you well and you're comfortable things of that nature. So push yourself out of the comfort zone to do that. Yeah, precisely. And at least my observation is that when you when you take that mindset, one of two things will happen. Either A, you will advance rapidly because you are uh, because you're actively solving problems. Or B, you will get people upset with you because you're stepping on their uh, on their turf, and then you can end up embroiled in political battles. And, and so that, I think that's one of the things that's really important to keep in mind is that if you are an entrepreneur, it is not a guarantee that you are going to rapidly ascend. At some point, you might hit a brick wall from somebody who is threatened by your ability to create value. And there's five, that's a great point. And there's five attributes that I tell business owners or unit managers to look at if they're trying to identify their entrepreneurs within their company. And to your point right there, tenacious is one of those things. Yeah. 
what are those attributes and characteristics that you're looking for? But it's it's five things and it's passions. The first one being yeah. tenacious is the second one, extremely resourceful because they're going to influence behavior within the company organization that they don't maybe have direct management over. Um, they're life learners too. These are folks that are always learning. It doesn't matter what it is. It, it could be sports, hobbies, business, yeah. but they're always learning. They're always lo- looking for a new hobby. And then they challenge the status quo to your point exactly, Doug. They're going to rub some people in the company. And that's why it's important, though, as the business owner or business leader to foster this environment and deploy this operating system within a yeah. company of entrepreneurship. Because if it starts there, you're going to see people start to gravitate and open up ideas. Three out of four comp- or three out of four employees within your company have ideas to make your business better. You just have to give them the yes. vehicle be able to communicate those ideas. Uh, Precisely. And I think that's, that's actually, that's one of the things that's really important from a leadership perspective is, you know, because the way that I always looked at being a leader was, you know, or, you know, leader kind of, I guess I think of two leaders. One type of leader is people want to follow you. That to me is the ultimate definition of a leader. But if you're in a management capacity where you have oversight responsibility for people, a lot of people just look at this as, okay, I do emails and go to meetings. In my view, that doesn't cut it. Uh, you know, If you have oversight responsibility for people, what that means is that the increase in their value in the kind of real monetized value of their output every year needs to exceed the amount that you're being paid ideally by a multiple of five or higher. Otherwise, you are not earning your keep. And under that stricture, most companies are horrendously top heavy, Mm -hmm. meaning that they have a high number of senior people who are not providing adequate value to offset what they uh, offset what they're paid. Uh, Now, this, of course, has major ripple effect, (laughs) ripple implications. Uh, And I love how you put that. And, and, and I, we just put it a little bit differently in terms of the verbiage. I call low, low, low value activities versus high value activities. And as your income goes up within the organization, the CEO or business owner is going to look for that, that a higher return because the investment into you and you're an investment, you know, into the company, you have to return that for, for a return. And guess what? It's not break even. It is going to be, a multiple, uh, like Doug, like you just said. Yeah, well, exactly. You know, because like, like for example, you know, you know, I would think that okay, you know, if you know, if I'm hiring you, let's say I'm hiring you as a leadership coach, and you know, I'm just going to pull a number out of the air. I don't know how much you charge. You don't have to tell me. But like for example, let's say that I'm signing up for a ten thousand dollar coaching program as a you know as an entrepreneur. Okay, mm-hmm. I will be looking to generate a hundred thousand or more in value from that. Otherwise, I'm going to say, is it really worth it? You know, on the other hand, like you know, if I you know if I engage in leadership coaching that can increase the revenue or, pro- or net profit of my business by 100,000 to 500,000, that's a no brainer. On the other hand, if I, it's like 12,000, I don't care. Right, <laughs> it's not, right. not, not going to move the matter. needle. It's probably yeah. going to have to work harder because you have now a third party involved in your business asking. Precisely, you precisely. And, and, and I, I would like to expand on that. And it's very important because as we talk to business owners, a lot of time they'll focus just on the $100,000 of additional revenue. Yeah, that's not as important as the value because you can you can do things within the organization that is going to either save the company money, make the company more efficient, maybe open up more opportunities. And you have to look at it from a holistic perspective and just not top line revenues. And so many business owners to their fault, unfortunately, myself included, I've been through this when I own businesses. You look at the top line revenue and it's always about grow, 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 grow. 
And we actually did that at Unify. My first couple of years here, we grew the company from 13 million to 100 million. And I use actually the metaphor, we opened up a restaurant dog on, on a corner and we knew it was a great location. We knew we had yeah. a great team in place. We knew we were ready to go, but we didn't have an identity yet. So we were willing to sell pizza, steaks, sushi, whatever yeah. the customer wanted, we wanted to give them a great experience. Well, as we worked through that process, we knew the only way to become a great yeah. restaurant was to focus on, we're gonna become a steakhouse with a little bit of seafood. And that yeah. was it. And we're gonna stay in our lane, go deep and just keep getting better and better at that. Last year, yeah. we actually lost hundred million in revenues and we have the smallest team we've ever had because of the, the, the changes. So that's the value. And it wasn't just focused on top line revenues. It's about yeah. the bigger picture. Yeah, well, and and I, I'd like to I'd like to unpack that a little bit because I think there's uh, there's some real nuggets built in uh, what you said there because you know the value it's not just your revenue it's actually not just your profits it's how effectively efficiently and repeatably can you operate so like for example okay do you have repeatable processes do you have standard operating procedures do you have documentation of you know of, of your operating cycles so that it is not all dependent on rj plus your what, what I, you know, most companies have what i call their fab five right they have their yeah. five people who if they're not there the whole thing falls apart the problem is if you have a fab five company which is almost every entrepreneurial company then it's almost impossible to sell <laughs> Because if somebody buys it, they'll say, okay, well, if I don't have these exact five people, I, you know, I, I've just paid money for something with no ongoing value. And so when you talk about value, value is not just value as a lifestyle company to you, but it's also having something that might have value to somebody else whereby they can purchase it and they can continue and ideally grow it. Uh, and that just takes it to puts a whole different degree of rotation on the idea of, of building a business. I, I completely agree with that. And I would add two things to that. One, I think a lot of business owners to, to don't have KPIs in place as well yeah. and managing to those KPIs. And you can have KPIs in each department because what gets measured gets focused on. Yeah. And that's going to drive your success. And each part of our business here, we have different KPIs. And we actually allow the team members to choose those annual KPIs to measure against. Um, and it's not always just about revenue and profit and loss, yeah. but it's customer experience and things of that nature. The second thing to your point about operating procedures, let me ask you, what do you believe is the best company in the country that's run by teenagers? Actually in the world, run by teenagers. It's run oh, by teenagers. Run by teenagers, that, that, that's gonna have to be McDonald's. You got it, bingo, McDonald's. Yeah. And, and the reason that they're successful is because of operating procedures and that yeah. everything's documented. There's KPIs associated with it and they can yeah. just duplicate it. It doesn't matter if they're in Ann Arbor, Michigan, we are Fab Five reference, yeah. or if they're in Austin, Texas, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, it's the same way. Well, and like, I know that's one of the thing, one of, you know, one of the many things, uh, the many things I'm working on this year is that for just about, for, you know, I started this just, uh, you know, I started this earlier in the year, but every day I'm working on creating some form of documentation for my business. I have a, well, and my corporate nerd is showing here. What I did was I pulled the uh, APQC, um, you know, cross company process classification framework. And so that I is have, nerdy. That is nerdy right there, Doug. I'm yeah. And then, and then what I do is I, you know, I have, I have, I have folders in my Google drive and then I have the, uh, you know, I have the work breakdown structure nomenclature and I'm, you know, <laughs> so I have a strategy template and SOP template, uh, I have tracking templates and, you know, then 
But but if you do something like that, now what you can do is now you can do stuff where you can do things like share links. You can set it up with tasks in Trello. You can you could very easily outsource to uh, to virtual assistants. You know because of course what you want to be able to do is you want to simplify things in your business down to where if it's you know if it's a very simply executed task you can get it done very cost effectively. So then what you wanna do is you want to budget your wage capital on the people who are going to be thinking, effectively thinking so you can not have to hold everything in your head and you can hire capable people to be able to really help, help run things so that you can continue honing on those higher value activities. Couple things I love there. One, you're taking time to do that. And so many business owners, a great book, The E Myth, which really speaks to this yeah. of working on your business and not in your business. And it's hard. I, I am not yeah. saying it's not hard. It is very dif difficult. This, you, it's discipline. You have to put time in your calendar. Yeah. I have found personally mornings are my best time or weekend mornings are my best yeah. time to be the creative piece of it, to, to be working on the business. Um, it's not between nine and five or eight and four, whatever hours, yeah. because that's when life is being thrown at you and, and some of it, unfortunately is reactionary, this, um, um, which is just, just critical to, to, to take a step away yeah. and do that. And here's the thing. The other point to that is that those documents are living, breathing organisms. They're always going to be, they should not be static as a dynamic living yeah. document. And the third thing, and, and. I'm, I'm going to be fully transparent here. I firmly believe in R&D and yeah. R&D for RJ Grimshaw and Able Leadership and Unify stands for rip off and duplicate. If someone is doing it really well, and I'm not speaking about proprietary or go to market or things of that yeah. nature, but if there's a best in class business and it, it, that you can, people are willing to share. I share from Unify yeah. what we do here because, and the reason that I do, and people will say, well, aren't you nervous or this? it's sort of like NFL football or college yeah. or basketball or any sport. Everyone has the same rule book. Everyone yeah. has the same mission. Every it, It's yeah. about execution. And yes. so in people, that's another piece of it. It's people football fields. Exactly the same. Doesn't matter where you yeah. play. It's the same football is the same dimension. Maybe Tom Brady might let a little bit. Of air out. <laughs> right. So, um, it's all the same. So it comes down to execution, leadership, and then all the human elements in the team members. So, well, and uh, so it, it's funny you mentioned football because, you know, I am a, I'm an avid football fan. Um, you know, now, of course, I was, uh, you know, in high school, uh, you know, I think I topped out about five, eight, almost five, nine, around 160 pounds. So, uh, so you didn't think football, your parents well enough. I go, yeah, yeah. Playing football wasn't really in the cards for me. Um, but, you know, I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan. And so, of course, all of us idolized Bill Walsh. And the thing that Bill Walsh made really famous was the idea of just meticulously planning and practicing every single conceivable game situation so that on game day there was he never had any anxiety about what play to play to call he knew ex precisely in advance exactly what play was going to be called in every situation and so because his whole thing is that he goes hey look you know I, i'd rather have four days to plan what i'm going to do in a game than try to make it up on the spot Pete carroll Pete carroll's the same philosophy yeah. i've read a lot of pete's books and it's all about practice. It's nothing to do with the game. By the time you get to the game, it just it should be natural. The, you yeah. know, it, it's 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 sort of exactly. back to the weekends for me. It's sort of like okay, I want to get prepared. And believe me, I believe in work-life balance. Actually, I believe sure. in work-life integration. There's no more yeah. work-life balance from my perspective, and I've never believed in that. It's life-work integration. You have to enjoy what you do. You have to be around like-minded people yeah. that you enjoy being with, and then both just kind of work together. Um, but that, again, that that works yeah. for RJ and I think it works for a lot of people. Um, 
but it, it it's being prepared when game day game day starts for me on Monday. Yeah. So it's over the weekend and, and my, I have two boys yeah. and it's, it's, I, I've driven them nuts as they've grown. Now they're older, um, you know, Sunday's prep day and they would know, Hey dad, it's prep day. Dad's shining shoes. He's getting the suits ready. He's getting travel bags ready. He's getting documents yeah. ready. He's getting his lunches. It's it's here we go. The, the, the week yeah. starts on Sunday. Um, yeah, well, does that happen I, every weekend? No. Yeah. Does it, does it, you know, I, I love golf. I love the lake. I love things, but in the same respect, um, there's busy time of year. That's, that's when the focus yeah. is. Well, and I think with our family, it's similar situations. So, um, so, you know, both of my kids go to a, a parochial school that's about a half hour from our house because, you know, we live in Oregon wine country, uh, which is beautiful, live on a house in three acres, which is beautiful, but it means you have to drive to get anywhere. And so that means, yeah, lunch is packed the night before, you know, it's, you know, you have to back everything up. And Clothes are laid out the night out. before. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Well, and I know, you know, my kid, of course, my kids uh, roll their eyes at it because they have to get up probably a good half hour, 45 minutes earlier than they would otherwise. And I'm like, okay, well, yes, but by forcing yourself to plan ahead, you are actually learning how to really, you know, you were you, learning an invaluable life skill. Preparation. <laughs> at some, yeah, at some point, your life will get complex enough to where you can't just wing it at the last minute. Mm -hmm. And if, if, if once you get to that point, if you haven't practiced planning ahead, it's just going to pass you by. Like brushing your teeth. You, yeah. you don't question when you're going to do it. You just do it. And yes. it's just part of your normal normal day. And and I've always had a valet you know, for my clothes to be on. And my yeah. boys have always seen that the night before. And sometimes if it's a busy week, they see, you know, two or three outfits there because, yeah. they, you know, I have late dinners or things of that nature, but it, it's firm believer. And, and both my boys, it, they're, they're many RJs yeah. now. My wife loves it. She chuckles and makes fun of me and you've created too many RJs and you see the to-do list and you see outfits laid out and you know planning and and, and I learned that from my dad who, who was yeah. my mentor you know it, it's always about preparing and, and being ready to go because you never know what's going to be again what's going to be thrown at you and then you have just a confidence level when you start off your day being prepared and it's not a you know just intense I what I want to say I yeah. can't <laughs> um, you know, in the morning, it just, it gets that day started and it gets yeah. a rhythm going versus, versus, you know, where, what am I wearing? Am I ironing this? Does it match? Um, and the reason I actually, and now we're really going deep down a, yeah. a scroll yeah. hole here. I'll do five outfits on Sunday preparation. And, and, and yeah. some days, you know, what I think I'm going to wear on Tuesday ends up being Thursday because I had a different feeling or the weather changed. So it, it active preparation, I'm not doing it the morning of. So yeah, no, precisely, precisely. Well, and uh, I mean, I, I think this actually does all kind of correlate back to our, our, uh, our original topic, which is that if you're not an entrepreneur now, you will be at some point. And, you know, the, you know this all gets back to, OK, you know, say even if you're in a corporate career, even if now is not the time to, you know, to, to make that transition, although, you know, at least what I found, uh, you know, as listeners will know, uh, already know, uh, you know, in April 2020, uh, I was in a corporate career. We had a new chief information officer came in and he decided to just get rid of all the all, all the old guys in a circle. So I was first on the list. I got booted out. Not a great time to hit the street. 
but you know, you pivot and figure it out. And, you know, so now my life is a combination of a number of hustles, which that's just, you know, that's how entrepreneur life works. You know, it, it doesn't always look like a nice, you know, linear straight line, but you know, that, you know, that, that discovery process, that chaotic discovery process is how you figure out things that you didn't know before or how you build things that didn't exist before. And that's being that entrepreneur again, back yeah. in corporate America. If you if you're there today and thinking about that, you want to be, yeah. or you're going to become eventually. That's where you start thinking like that, and it, and it's a muscle, and, and yeah. it's a brain, and and you know, I, I was telling Doug earlier, I, I, I back in 18, 19, I always got to chuckle out of this. There was a lot of just downsizing taking place and things of that yeah. nature, and um, I love social media. I'm very active, I've been active for you know. 10 years, 12 years, yeah. 15 years, depends on the platform. And I get calls, hey, can you help me with my LinkedIn profile? And, you know, they're a 25 senior, 25 year senior executive with Ford maybe. And it's like, yeah, but it's, it's you should have been thinking about that networking, yeah. and building out your network five years ago, not, not today. Sure, I'll help you. But those are the little things. And it yeah. actually leads to entrepreneurs who own businesses that you should start thinking about today, your exit strategy, even yes. if you think you're never going to sell, guess what? You should start today planning it, learning about it, because all of a sudden, before you know it, time's going to be here and you're going to be unprepared because you didn't do things within the yeah. business to set it up to sell. Yeah. So, well, and, and cause there's a, um, I'd like to expand on that idea because it's absolutely right. And I want to give credit where it's due. I think I first heard this idea from Dan, Ken you know, from listening yep. to you know, Dan Kennedy stuff, but there were, things, there were two of it, two thing, points that I thought were especially good. Number one is that uh, generally speaking, uh, people are very good at, at, uh, at spending their income as fast as they earn it. Um, and, you know, so that's the thing is unless you have exceptional discipline, it's really hard to create wealth from income alone. So being able to right. sell your business is very important. And then number two is that if you go through the discipline to create a business that's sellable, it will be much easier to run. And you may just end up deciding that all the things you hated about running your business aren't so bad anymore. And that's where we come in to help, help business yeah. owners like that, because they're in the jar. They can't see the label. They, they, yeah. they want to help and, and they need someone to come in to, to help them along because they've yeah. never had to do it. And the last thing you want to do is have a business owner start this and then they become burnt out. Yeah. And now they're going to either just close the business, which there is value there, or it'll run into the ground. So yeah. um, don't, don't be afraid to reach out for help. However, be very selective when you're choosing a coach and it, yeah. it doesn't matter. There's a lot of incredible coaches out there, but there's a distinct difference between philosophy and, and proven application and make yes. sure the coach has proven application that's documented that they've done it and not a bunch of philosophy and they've never been in the trenches with you or they don't know, understand. They have no idea what it is to lay in bed on a Thursday night with payroll tomorrow. They have yeah. no understanding of what a DSO is in terms of your outstanding. Hire someone yeah. that you get along with you like, but also has credibility. And they're going to give you a hundred thousand minimum in value, if not more. So. Yeah. Um, no, exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think that, yeah, you know, selecting who your key partners and uh, mentors and coaches are is, is just really critically important. And I think it's really important to, you know, to have that relationship because, uh, you know, just because, you know, even if you know all, you know, uh, you know, even if you quote know everything that a coach is going to tell you, 
uh, having somebody who has both, you know, who, you know, ha having somebody who has kind of the, I would say the street credibility and the, uh, the self-granted authority to hold you accountable so you can't weasel out of doing what you know needs to be done, uh, that has incredible value. I completely agree. I love golf. It's a, it's a favorite passion of mine. Yeah. And I'll use Tiger Woods as an example. Tiger Woods, people could look at him and say, why does he need a coach? Guess what? He would have two or three coaches standing around him every yeah. sing, single swing. That that gentleman, and he's the greatest golfer of all time, at least I believe so. Um, and they're always looking to get better. He's always looking to yeah. have that reminder every single day into his, into his mind and tweaking and holding him accountable. And a business coach does the same exact thing, or a life coach, or a fitness coach. It doesn't matter. It's really where they where you're focused on your life. And sometimes you might have yeah. more. I have a gym instructor, you know, gym instructor, yeah. I have a CEO coach. So I seek out. Yeah. That's the only way I believe that I can become a better version of RJ for myself and my family. So, yeah, well, and, and I think, and uh, again, I, I keep saying, I want to unpack what you're saying a little more, but you know, there, there's just so many good nuggets we're getting here because you, if you take the, um, take the golf golfing coach, uh, as a, as an example, there's, uh, there's a couple of different dimensions of it. One is kind of is improving your now game, but another is, you know, say, as you get older, you know, as you're dealing with injuries, uh, you know, as your family life situation changes, right? You know, because there's a lot of people who come into an entrepreneurial world and they succeed by grinding, right? You know, 60, 70, 80, 90 hours a week, they grind and they're doing great. At some point, you're going to burn out. So you really need a coach to say, okay, let's say that you just had a major medical problem. And, you know, basically, if you work more than 10 hours a week, you will literally pass away. So now you have to figure out a way to get that 90 hour week down to a 10 hour week. How do you do that? I don't know. Okay. Well, but that's the, that's the question you need to answer because you, and the answer is going to be, you need systems, you need processes, you need the right people in the right places. <laughs> and it doesn't happen overnight. And that's what happen overnight, members, you know, yeah. because it's by days and they want results tomorrow. <laughs> if not yesterday, and they have to understand. And we tell all the business owners we work with that this is a process and it's sort of like it when the doctor prescribes you a medication for you. It's not, you know, you, you take one pill and, and you're cured and the same thing working out and going to the gym. You don't go yeah. once and, and all of a sudden you have all these muscles. It's an everyday activity and then you'll get there and then it just becomes natural, that natural rhythm of, of running your business with, with what you're, you develop. However, it's hard. It's not easy. Yeah. So. yeah, well, exactly. Exactly. Oh, this has been a lot of fun, RJ. Well, uh, so uh, let's see, uh, give everybody, let everybody know where they can find out a little more and uh, tell us your website and uh, give us the last nugget or two of wisdom. Sure. First, what's your dog's name? Uh, so I have two of them. Uh, their names are Todd and Copper. Yes, there must be. Some, yeah, there's somebody coming U up in the door because they, U they UPS is bringing an Amazon package must be. So yeah, yeah they, they, they feel an obligation to bark at any stranger who comes on the property until, <laughs> until they decide to leave. I know the feeling. So to answer your question, um, rjgrimshaw.com is my website. Unify Equipment Finance is at uh, team, T-E-A-M, unify.com. We finance equipment across the country. RJ Grimshaw is the able piece of it. I'm on Twitter, RJG Coach. Um, I'm on YouTube, just Google. Um, I respond to all my emails. And if you have any questions around business or anything, feel free to email me at rj at rjgrimshaw.com. I respond to all of them. I would just ask for patience a day or so. I want to give you a quality answer. Um, but, you know, I, I, I love interacting with, with business owners or entrepreneurs or yeah. 
you know, young, you know, people in their career trying to figure out where to go. I, I've spent 20 years in corporate America, started as a, as a regional salesperson, and now, you know, we're, we're at 100 million. And the last nugget, surround yourself with like-minded people that you enjoy working with and then allow them to do their job. Outstanding. Yep. Outstanding. Well, RJ, really appreciate your time today. Thanks, Doug. Thank you for listening to the Terminal Value Podcast. Please feel free to visit me online at www.terminalvalue.biz where you can subscribe, find me on social, and then we can connect and just keep the conversation going. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you and I hope you have a wonderful day. All rights reserved. No part of this broadcast may be produced in any form by any means without written permission from Business of Life, LLC. All trademarks and brands referred to herein are the property of their respective owners.